0: If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to two passages, John chapter 6 and Luke chapter 10. John 6 and Luke 10. We are going to uh, today share with you a message called, What Jesus Said About Spiritual Authority. I had a little bit of a, a divine encounter with the Lord, which I won't go into, but all I know is, listen... Every single person in here is going to walk out of here in a new level of freedom and a new level of liberty today. You are going to move into a new dimension. You say, how do I know this? Because we're going to listen to the words of Jesus. And Jesus said that his words are powerful. His words are powerful. In John six sixty three, this is what Jesus said. It is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. Anybody ever done anything in the flesh before? And it just turned out to be a disaster. Some of you are thinking about the last relationship you were in. Hello, that was the flesh, right? Some of the teenagers are like, oh my goodness, yeah, I made some mistakes in that area. If we've done some things in the flesh, maybe you bought some things in the flesh, you you acted out in the flesh, and it profits you nothing. But I want to let you know there is another stream, there's another river. It's called the Spirit of God. And when we, we get into the Spirit, it produces life, and it starts to move you forward in the things of God. But notice what Jesus says. He says, the words that I speak to you, they are spiritual. Spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. Listen, when we utter these words in here, they are going to have a profound impact on your heart. Why? Because they are spirit and they are life. And you are meant to encounter the spirit of God because you're the temple of God. And you're made to experience the life of God because you have been raised with him from the dead. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. I'm telling you, I'm a little hungover from this weekend, can you tell? I got revival voice, so uh, I've been shouting all weekend. So hang with me. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, I am moving the church from observational Christianity to an influential kingdom. I'm moving the church from observational Christianity to an influential kingdom. And what I'm about to share with you today is one of the keys of stepping into it. And we're going to look today at what Jesus said about spiritual authority. Last week, we heard a great message from Peter Warren. I loved it. Uh, My guys in the back were like, oh my goodness, he had 81 slides to go through. That brother gave us some scripture last week. How many of you know, you listened to that message, it was like drinking out of a fire hose, man. It was like, man, it was coming, 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 coming. It was so good. I love Peter and his wife. They are incredible people. And I had an encounter with the Lord that actually spurred this message on. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. Today we want to look at a very specific passage, Luke, uh, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 17, beginning in verse 17, because God wants to move you out of just observing church. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 just coming to church is not enough in this hour. Yeah, yeah. You are going to have to learn how to operate as a believer you're going to have to learn how to walk with Jesus and walk in what he has for you. It's no longer just kind of, you know, I'm going to sit on the sidelines and because I'm in the building, I'm good. No, no, no. We're actually stepping into a new era. It's a new age where the church and the kingdom of God is rapidly expanding while darkness is increasing on the earth. We need to understand spiritual authority. Now, We're going to read this together, and I believe the Lord is going to speak to us some truths about spiritual authority this morning. Verse 17, Luke chapter 10 says, then the 70 returned with joy. Let me just stop right there. Everybody look at me. Everybody who thought that following Jesus came with a frown. I'm telling you, not you're reading your Bible right. It says, then the 70 returned with joy. Here's these 70 people who who are working with Jesus, sent by Jesus, doing things for Jesus. When they came back to Jesus, what were they? Filled with joy. They're filled with joy. Oh, some of you, the idea of really giving your whole life to Jesus, all you can think about, oh, the things I will have to give up. Yeah, perpetual sadness and dislocated from the plan of God from your life. Why don't we get into God's plan and come back to him in joy? Now listen, some of us wouldn't be happy with the things that they encountered. Because they came back with joy saying this, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. Some of y'all hear that and say, oh, no, why are them guys happy about running into demons? God. Uh, uh, uh. You know what that is? That's me holding my tongue. Someone's going to say, you know, this is kind of my life every Sunday. Um, um. Come on, because sometimes there are people carrying things they don't know that they're carrying. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. I'm not defeated. I come back to Jesus day after day in joy. Why? Because demons are subject to us in your name. And then I love this. Jesus just says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you nevertheless do not rejoice at this that that spirits are subject to you but rather rejoice that your names are written on high Come on, we're gonna learn some things about spiritual authority today. We're gonna learn some things and listen, it's really important, why? Because God's moving you off of the sidelines and he is stepping you into a kingdom which is not just one that is seen with your natural eyes, but is one that is influencing the spirit. I said it this weekend in a message called It's Time to Finish. What you do in the natural influences the supernatural. You may think it's simple. You may think it's mundane, but you need to keep doing it. Keep doing it, and things are shifting and breaking. Now, spiritual authority, what's Jesus say about it here in this passage? First thing is this. This is what you need to learn Satan is subject to God. Satan is subject to God. I want to dispel all the rumors that think that you know Satan is just this, this, this wild guy. He's just out there running off and he does whatever he wants to do. And he's 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 listen, he is subject to God. When Jesus addresses these 70 who have come back in joy, he said. I saw Satan fall like lightning. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? What do you mean, I saw Satan fall like lightning? He said, Satan's fall was like lightning. All of us here understand lightning. Why? We live in the lightning capital of the world. Like every summer, we're like, Satan's falling everywhere. (laughs) Some of your house got hit by Satan. You had to replace stuff you're like, thank God for insurance. Satan hit my house. No, he fell like lightning, not lightning. Why did he fall like lightning? Because it was so fast. So what was the scene like when he fell? Well, let's look at Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14 addresses the very moment where the lightning of God pushed Lucifer out of heaven. He says, How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations! For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Remember last week we learned that's the angels. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And here's God's response. You will be brought down to Sheol. That's the place of death. That's the place of the grave. You will be brought down to Sheol to the lowest parts of the pit. If you go on and read Isaiah chapter 14 you'll find that one day all of us who have placed faith in Christ, who are now living for for God, one day when we have been fully redeemed and we are with him forever, one day we will walk by Satan and we will look at him and we will utter these words. Is this the one that did weaken the nations? Read Isaiah 14. Is this the one? Is he the one? Why would we dare to say a celestial being that God created that dwells in eternity, why would we look on him, this powerful created being? Why would we say, is this the one? Why? Because now we have a full revelation of the greatness of our God. We have a full revelation of the greatness of the Father and the power of the Son and the glory of the Spirit in heaven when we're fully redeemed. And then in light of God, when you look at Satan, you go, is he the Is he the one that brought devastation in my life? Is he the one that shook nations? Please write this down. Satan is not God's enemy. He's yours. Satan is not God's enemy. God has no enemies because he has no equal. Satan is not God's enemy. He's your enemy. And, and and God, by the way, in his, his his beauty, he causes Satan to fall to the earth. And then God comes down one day as he in creation and starts playing in the dirt he casts Satan to. He says, Just let me start messing around in this dirt for a moment. And then he breathed on the dirt. And man became a living soul. And the very place that Satan was cast to in the dirt, God just says, let me just breathe on this dirt here for a moment. And he sets him up and he says, I have created man in my image. Satan hates God. And do you know why he hates you? Because you look like him. You look like him. You look like the one Satan is subject to. And the beauty of it is, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, which is by theologians called the great proto-evangelium, the great, great initial pronouncement of the gospel. It's when after the fall, after they have eaten of the fruit, and God has said the, the things that he is both going to say uh, to the woman and to the man. He looks at Lucifer and he says, upon your, upon your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust. Dust. What's man made out of? Dust. dust. And, and, but then he says, Oh, by the way, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. He's going to crush your head. You know what God was saying? Satan, you fell from lightning as, like lightning as soon as pride came into your heart, and now I'm going to beat you with the dirt. I'm going to beat you with the dirt. The dirt with my breath in it is going to show you again that you are subject to me. But make no mistake, Satan isn't God's enemy. He's our enemy because you look like God and that so offends him and reminds him, I'm defeated. Now listen, it goes on. Jesus says, behold, behold, that means there's something we need to look at now. What's the second truth that we need to learn about spiritual authority? Authority must be received. Authority must be received. He said, behold, look at this, I give you. Behold, I give you. Listen, anything that Jesus gives to us must be received by faith. Yeah. Let me just walk you through some things in case you don't you don't understand this. How many of you know that in order to be born again, you need to receive Jesus by grace through faith. You receive the gift of eternal life by faith. How many of you know that uh, uh, Luke chapter uh, uh, 11 says, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? You ask and you receive by faith and the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes. How many of you know that when you're asking for God to do anything on your behalf, what are you doing? You, when you ask, you believe and receive and you will have it. Authority works the same way. You have to Receive it because he gives it as a gift. It must be received. He says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. Now listen, there is a very key word in this passage which the Lord just, I mean, this, this really helped me and I believe it will help you. The word is trample. This word trample in the Greek, the root word is this, path. It's the word path. He says, I'm gonna give you authority in the path. To trample on scorpions and demons. Let me tell you what what God is saying when He is Jesus is saying, Behold, I give you authority to trample. He's saying, Your spiritual authority is connected to God's path for your life. Some of us have been getting our spiritual teeth kicked in because we've been trying to walk in spiritual authority while pursuing our path. And we're pursuing self and flesh and our desires. We just want to build the American dream. We're not dreaming about the kingdom, and we just try to say, man, we're going to try to get the devil to... To stop us, you know, we're going to try to stop the devil, we're going to resist him, we're going to do all this stuff. But we're not following God's path, we're on our path. And let me tell you, spiritual authority, you begin to walk in it when you say yes to his path. You say, are you absolutely sure? Yeah, just back up a little bit in Luke chapter 10. And it says this. And after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also to go out before him. Oh, I love this. He sent them out two by two before his face into every city where he himself was about to go. Anybody want to be the forerunner for Jesus? Anybody want to go before, like to go into somebody's life where Jesus is about to come in and move in power? Man, I'm going before his face. And where I go, Jesus is coming in behind me. You know what that's called? God's path. And you know and here's here's the cry of Jesus's heart that comes in the next verse he says The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest field. He's saying, listen, you need to begin to pray that there would be some people who choose the path of God rather than their own path. And in the meantime, I'm going to give them some authority to walk in that. As they are pursuing the harvest, they're going to step on demons, they're going to confront some demonic strongholds and in my name those things are going to shift, those things are going to break, those things are going to move because there is no name like the name of Jesus he is saying, listen you're going to be a part of a kingdom that reshapes this world but you don't get spiritual authority on your own path it doesn't work that way Their victory in the spirit was connected to God's purpose in the earth. I love this. Where do you see this? You know, God's path for our life doesn't always look like just these crazy supernatural moments. Supernatural moments are actually birthed out of us doing what God has called us to do. This happened to Paul in Acts chapter 19. This brother is supporting his ministry by making tents. He's sewing tents, and from the sweat of his own brow, he's like, "Ah, I've gotta make some finances. I'm gonna make these tents, I'm gonna sell them so I can go to the next place and reach more people with the gospel. And as he's putting these tents together, he reaches and grabs a rag, and he wipes the sweat off his brow and he takes his apron, he's just wiping it, puts that little handkerchief down and he keeps working. And he looks back and the handkerchief's gone. Why was the handkerchief gone? Because Acts 19 says, God worked unusual miracles at the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick. The diseases left him and the evil spirits went out of them. You know what that's called? I'm just working my path. I'm just doing what God called me to do. And the sweat of my brow, what was in me, got on to the things that were touching my body. I don't know where they got the handkerchief revelation other than they had heard stories about a woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, who was unclean and she pressed through the crowd breaking all of the rabbinical laws. Touching all the people saying, I don't care if they're unclean because I know if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And if she got a revelation, all I need is just just to touch the edge of his clothing because it touched him. And because she knew Jesus was on God's path, he had the spiritual authority to set her free. Paul was on God's path and they would take those handkerchiefs and aprons and send it and lay it on the demon possessed and they would be set free. Read your Bible, it's awesome. (laughs) But did you know that this, this chapter is actually a wonderful contrast? Because the next verse in Acts chapter 19 says this, then some itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. These were notable boys. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? (laughs) Then the man in whom the evil spirit uh, was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so they fled out of that house naked and wounded. The spiritual realm really is nothing to be messed around with. And don't you love the fact that the demon said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know? I I just wonder, do do any demons know your name? (laughs) Or do they just know your address? Because you welcome them. Uh (laughs) Because many of us We're in observational Christianity instead of a part of an influential kingdom. And we've seen a measure of victory in other people's lives. And what we try to do is we're just gonna try to mirror that. And what happens is, is we actually suffer many defeats when we don't try to step into spiritual authority by gloriously giving ourselves to God's path for our life. And Calvary Church, listen to me. God is not going to let you and the people of this church church sit on the sidelines any longer. He is not letting the church just sit idly by and observe as America goes to hell, as Citrus County turns itself inside out while people, kids are dealing with abuse and people are abusing drugs and meth is is raping the poor. He is not going to let us sit idly by. He says, I'm moving you to becoming an influential kingdom. If you only receive the gift of spiritual authority and go into my harvest field and begin to work with me and then you'll trample scorpions and demons and nothing will harm you Peter said last week he said man I want to see the DVD of uh, of When the war broke out in heaven in the book of Revelation, I personally, I want to see the Acts 19. It will be an adult film, evidently, these guys running out naked. I just got to see it, okay? I got to see it, okay? I'll repent later, okay? I got to see it. The demons beating these guys, stripping them naked, they're running. I'm like, Lord, I got to see it. Show me that one. (laughs) <laughs> but please listen to me no, no Jesus, no authority No Jesus, no authority I remember uh, years ago uh, Before I was married uh, Me and my, my roommate at the time He had a traveling ministry he was ministering all over the place We were just learning about these things. We were just learning about the power of God. We were just learning about the fact that Jesus actually said to us, cast out demons. uh, I mean, hey, we live in America. I mean, we we encounter demons. We just don't know it. Take it from somebody who's been to Africa. You see them. They're everywhere. They're just out there in front of everything, okay? You come here, the, the demons are educated. And people believe, I don't have a demon. I have knowledge. Yeah, that's a demon (laughs) called pride. It'll come out in Jesus' name. Somebody just got free. All right. Um, I remember as we were just learning this um, about spiritual authority, we saw God begin to move. Uh, I remember one particular night, um, we were laying in bed. It was probably about 2.30 in the morning. And uh, God uh, literally, supernaturally woke us both up at the same time. Our doors were open. They were across from each other. And he says to me, Adi, are you awake? And I said, yes. God just woke me up. He goes, bro, something's about to happen. And right at that very moment, kids, listen. We used to have these things on the walls called phones. <laughs> Our phone rang. <laughs> I know. And it stayed charged all the time. <laughs> Our phone rang in the middle of the night. And here's, it was, it was um, a girl uh, who was best friends with one of my employees. And this girl, who was one of my employees, um, I had been witnessing to over and over. I knew she went to church. She had the look of being a Christian. She was not living for God. And I witnessed to her day after day. I'm like, you've got to get right with God. I'm telling you, God is calling you. God is, he is calling you. And I'm working. I'm her boss. And I'm saying, listen, you've got to get right with God. He loves you. He's calling you to himself. Well, uh, I guess it was all the witnessing. Um, those, uh, her and her friend, Uh, Her friend was actually a pastor's daughter. Uh, They had lied to them. She had lied to her parents, and those guys snuck out and went to a club, and they were drinking and got drunk. Well, how many even know that when you're lying and you're you're sinning, you're opening a door to the devil? And that's what she did. She opened the door to the devil, and there in the club, a devil came down on her and spoke to her clearly and said, as soon as you go to sleep tonight, I'm taking your life. She heard it with her ears. This girl's four foot 11. They called us on the phone, they said, said, you guys gotta get over here now. And we're like, all right, I'm in. We don't even hardly know what to do. And we drive over there and I see this girl who's my employee. And I'm uh, like, I get there and I see what condition it is. She looks at me and she begins with tears in her eyes and strange manifestations happening. She looks at me and she says, she says, says, honest, listen, I heard the voice. He says, if I put you to sleep, I'm ending your life. And standing right in front her eyes, rolled back in her head and she starts to fall and out of me came something. It came out of me. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And like, whoo, she snaps back into place and begins to weep. And I just said, "We, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Now, Now, listen, we're young in this. We're like, I don't even know hardly what we're doing. So we knew that it was under control, but it wasn't totally fixed, okay? <laughs> but... The Her best friend says, I know what we need to do. We need to call my mom. Mom is a Spanish Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm like, your mom's a, p- a pastor? She goes, yeah. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> and so we drive over there. She's in the car with us. We're okay. We kind of see. But she is obviously, she is, she's, not the same as she was, but still things are not right. This other daughter goes up the stairs. She confesses all of the sin, all of the lies, all of the stuff that has been hidden to her parents upstairs, right? And I'm downstairs looking at this girl who's my employee thinking, man, if she don't get better, I'm firing her, you know? Um, uh, you know, <laughs> And I I see her sitting there, and things aren't right. She's sitting in a chair, and we're just kind of sitting there praying in the spirit. And and then all of a sudden, I heard this glorious sound coming down the steps. In nombre de Jesús. She said it again. In nombre de Jesús, she comes down the steps and she looks at her and she put her hands on her and said, In nombre de Jesús. And and literally, that girl, that little four foot eleven girl, let out a sound. I was like, How did that come out of her? Pray. And I'm praying in the Holy Spirit and I'm watching this and she lets out a shriek comes out of her and then all of a sudden takes a breath and she's free. And I'm like, glory to God in the highest. Now, in the middle of this whole thing, I'm just like, yeah, it's on. You know, I'm praying. I'm like, yeah, we're doing the stuff. Cast out demons. Yeah. You know? Listen, I did not freak out until like 30 minutes later. It's like 6 a.m. by this time. We're all sitting around the kitchen table drinking coffee, acting like nothing happened. (laughs) I'm like, you bunch of weirdos, do you know what just happened in here? Y'all are acting like nothing happened, and that was because Mom and and her dad had been walking in spiritual authority a long time, and because they knew that, hey, this is just the normal course of becoming part of an influential kingdom, that when we use the name of Jesus and we're walking in his path, the people that that the enemy is tormenting, we actually have the authority to see them set free. All right. Now, for those of you who have a very charismatic background, let me speak to you for a moment. Because that wasn't mine. We in the charismatic and Pentecostal communities have made a mistake in spiritual authority. Listen to me in this church, not once, not ever, do you ever shout at a territorial spirit that rules over a region. Don't do it. You do not have authority over chief spirits, rulers in high places. You don't have authority over that. Don't do it. Some of y'all are like, I didn't know what to do in spiritual authority. I'm not talking to you. I'm trying to bring you up a level. I'm trying to talk to those who feel like their authority extends farther than it actually does. You say, how do you deal with territorial spirits that rule over a region? Here's how you deal. You as a people begin to respond in an opposite spirit. Let's say, for instance, if this, this area and region was ruled by greed, perhaps you would think of a Las Vegas. It's ruled by greed, right? It's ruled by, by that. What do you do? To ruin the influence of that terrible, that terrible spirit of, of greed. Here's what you do: you begin to pray that God would raise up a people of generosity, that we would begin to live in a way that is so generous. And then what happens? When the people of the area begin to live generously, one believer could say, Father, would you move that spirit? of greed. We don't speak to it. We speak to him. Father, would you move that spirit of greed? He said, I'd be glad to. Why? Because he has no right to rule and reign because the people have done something in the natural which changed the supernatural. This is good Bible teaching. I'm helping you. Here's the other thing. There are some of you who have been under a terrible, terrible attack. You've been under a terrible attack. Some you can't explain because it's been going on for years. The Bible has a name for that. It's called a curse. I just want to let you know, today, before you leave, every curse will be broken and you are going to live in the authority and blessing of Jesus this is why Jesus says that the third truth of spiritual authority is this spiritual authority is not our focus this is the third truth from this passage He says, do not rejoice that demons are subject to you in my name, but rejoice because your names are written on high. Rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Is there anybody so enamored with God because your name is written in heaven? I don't know about you, but the idea of my name being in the book of life, written in the blood of Jesus, boy, that makes me happy. That makes me rejoice that I would be glad for the grace of God. I'm not glad that I have spiritual authority. I have spiritual authority because my name's written in heaven. The reason they return in joy, they're like, whoa, God, this is is working. The influence of the kingdom. He says, listen, don't rejoice over that. Don't focus on spiritual authority. Don't focus on that. Listen, as soon as you become devil conscious, the devil wins. God doesn't want you peeking around every corner looking under the table for demons. Demons. He wants you lifting your eyes day after day to the one, to the one and only son of God where you behold him and the one that you behold you become. Oh, the opposite is true for any of you charismaniacs in here who love to chase devils. You, who you behold you become. This is why so many people in deliverance ministry actually end up in pride. They speak with such pride to devils. Why? They're looking at the devil who was filled with pride, and that's the very thing that got him kicked out of heaven. But if you look unto Jesus, it won't be the level of volume of your voice that carries authority. It will be the substance of the character of your submitted life. And your words carry weight in the spirit because all of heaven is in agreement behind the words that you say. Because you're on God's path and you're glad that I'm in the kingdom of God and I get to be a laborer in his harvest field. This is real spiritual authority. Jesus is our, fo- our, our focus. And the power of the cross, listen to me, it breaks every curse. Yes. It breaks every curse.